as we go before the Lord on this morning. Hallelujah. We're just so thankful to have you with us as we celebrate Christmas joy on this morning. Hallelujah. And if you have your Bibles, if you would open with me to the book of Isaiah, that very familiar passage of scripture from the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. Hallelujah. Amen. And we're going to begin reading in several different translations uh, on this morning. Uh, the King James Version, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. The people that walked in darkness had seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shine. The Living Bible says, People who walk in darkness shall see a great light, a light that will shine on all those who live in the land of the shadow of death. Mm. Verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. Hallelujah. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Glory be to God on this morning. Hallelujah. Well, you know, the Bible says in the Message Bible translation, and I love this translation, for a child has been born for us, the gift of a son for us. He'll take over the running of the world, and his name will be Amazing Counselor, Strong God, Eternal Father, Prince of Wholeness. And the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light, and those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness. Well, it goes without saying, and you know by now that we live in a world where people are accustomed to hearing bad news and the front pages of our newspapers. Newspapers, you do remember newspapers, do you not? They're all filled with the accounts of tragedies, and much of the time that's been allotted to even the newscast is utilized to communicate bad news. And one would get the impression to the point that bad news is more important than Good news, but oh, I've got good news for you this morning, people of God. Hallelujah. On this Christmas morning, hallelujah, let us focus our minds, our hearts, and our thoughts on the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus is God, hallelujah, born in the flesh, and that's good news for all of us. And I don't know about you, but even when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he has done for me. I just get the, the warm, fuzzy feelings toward him and about him. Hallelujah. Some people even associate nothing but bad news with our Heavenly Father God and his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus came. Hallelujah. And when he came, the devil has been misrepresenting the nature and the character of our God and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, from the dawn of human history. Their human pride prevents them from asking him for forgiveness of their sins. So let's just take a moment right now and let's go before the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father God, this morning in the name of Jesus, we come before you and we thank you for the privilege of being and knowing you as our Lord and Savior. And so we come boldly this morning to, to the throne of grace to receive your grace and your well-timed help just when we need it. And Lord, we thank you for your giving us new opportunities and new responsibilities, and we thank you for your joy on this Christmas day. 
And we are thankful in Jesus' name. Amen. In so many different and various ways, God spoke of old to our fathers by the prophet. And I love the account that Isaiah the prophet gave to us here in the book of Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6 in the Message Bible. For a child has been born for us, the gift of a son for us. He'll take over the running of the world. His names will be Amazing Counselor, Strong God, Eternal Father, Prince of Wholeness. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by a son, whom he appointed heir of all things, whom also he created this world. Just think about all of those names that the Lord has. In fact, Isaiah describes uh, just five of those names here in the book of Isaiah. And these names should have special meaning for all of us. Just think about that wonderful, hallelujah. Just think about how wonderful our Lord and Savior is. He is exceptional, he is distinguished, and he alone is without peer in this earth. Counselor, that means he gives the right advice whenever you need it. He's called the mighty God. That means he's God all by himself. And beside him, there is no other. There never was and there never shall be any other that's comparable to the matchless, magnificent name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Isaiah describes him and calls him the everlasting father. That means he is timeless. He transcends time and he transcends space. He is God, our Father's only begotten Son. Hallelujah. He is the Prince of Peace, and his government is the one who rules with justice and peace. So today we are thankful because Jesus reflects the glory of God, and he bears the very stamp of his nature, like Father, like Son. And he upholds this universe by the word of his power. Aren't you glad Hallelujah. That his power, the word of his power today is upholding all things. And I'm reminded of the scriptures here because it says that one dark night, the shepherds were keeping a lonely vigil as they watched over their flocks when according to the word of God. Hallelujah. Yes, something happened. In the book of Luke, if you would turn with me there, in the book of Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through verses 16, and I'll be reading to you from the Message Bible Translation. At about that time, Caesar Augustus ordered a census to be taken throughout the empire. This was the first census when Quirinius was the governor of Syria, and everyone had to travel to his own ancestral hometown to be accounted for. So Joseph went from that Galilean town of Nazareth up to Bethlehem in Judea, which was David, King David's town for the census, because as a descendant of David, he had to go there. And verse 5 tells us that he went there with Mary, his fiancée, who was great with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. She gave birth to a son, her firstborn, and she wrapped him in a blanket and she laid him in a manger because there was no room in the hostel. There were sheep herders that were 
camping in the neighborhood and they had set night watches over their sheep. And the Bible says here in verse 9, it says, And suddenly God's angels stood among them, and God's glory blazed all around of them, and they were terrified. And the angel said, Don't be afraid. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody worldwide. A Savior has been born in David's town. A Savior who is Messiah and Master. This is what you're to look for as he spoke to these sheep herders. Look for that baby wrapped in a blanket and lying in a manger. The Bible says that at once the angel was joined by a huge angelic choir singing God's praises. Glory to God in heavenly places. Peace to all men and women on earth who please him. Hallelujah. And as the angel choir withdrew into heaven, the sheep herders talked it over. And they got together and they said, well, let's just go over to Bethlehem as fast as we can and see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. So they left running and they found Mary and they found Joseph and they found the baby lying in a manger. They, the shepherds, came in haste to find the Savior who had been heralded by angels shouting, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill to men. They came to find the Savior who was the greatest manifestation of God's glory. Have you ever wondered why the message came to the shepherds? Have you ever wondered why that message didn't come to Caesar or to the emperor in Rome or why it didn't come to Herod who was the Tetrarch of Judea? Why was it? that God gave this joyful message of Christmas, the message of a Savior to these lowly shepherds. Well, I believe it was because of their humility before the Lord. Those shepherds were on the very lowest rung of society. They weren't wealthy. They weren't famous. They didn't have Twitter accounts. They weren't rich, and they certainly were not influential. They simply did a job that was very lowly in task. But they were found faithful in doing that what God had called them to do. You always find favor with God when you are found doing that which God has called you to do. So these shepherds, as they watch the stars and and as they watched over those sheep that night, I want you to know that God honored their faithfulness. God honored their humility. And as I find, as I read here in the word of God, that if all of us are to continue to be used by the Lord, the Bible says that every man needs to esteem others greater than himself. But the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 4 and verse 5. The scripture says to let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So the humility of and the inquiring minds of the shepherds made it possible for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to honor them and for the Heavenly Father to exalt them because their hearts were humble before the Lord. They were doing the task though it was lowly in the eyes of man and that God had given them to do. So they got the high, happy privilege 
of being the first for hearing the first time the Christmas message that a Savior was born. And I liked their response. They didn't say, well, angels, we're just going to have to go over there and check this out and make sure this is from God. How many times have you missed God because you just weren't sure? The angels didn't say, well, listen up. We're going to have to go to the internet and Google this event and see if it's true. Turn on the, your favorite news channel and find out if they're giving you breaking news that a Savior has been born. The Bible says in Luke chapter 2, verse 15, that they, meaning the shepherds, said, let us go and see this thing which has come to pass. They believed that it had come to pass because they, the shepherds, had been given the word of God. And whenever I look at this world and all the giving and the receiving at Christmas time, and in some cases I see human selfishness. But when I look at these wise men, there was no selfishness at all. They came with hearts that were purely sacrificial before God. And they were willing to lay what they had at the feet of Jesus. And because of that, God honored them with a place in his holy word that will last as long as our Heavenly Father God and the Lord Jesus Christ himself last. Because the Bible says that heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So what did the shepherds what did these wise men find? The first thing they found was a grotto, a small cave or a pen where animals were kept in the back of a second-rate motel. There were no angels hovering over it or clouds surrounding it, no smoke within it or fire or brightness that was radiating from it. It was a plain old ordinary cow barn, a, a smelly horse stable. It was a plain old pig pen, a run-of-the-mill chicken coop. And one would never expect to find he would come. The Son of God, the King of Kings, the Lord of Glory, the incarnate Son of God manifested in the place like that. In a temple, yes. In a synagogue, sure. In a council room of the Sanhedrin, possibly. But not in an animal haven. For the shepherds, they went there. They found Joseph, not the high priest or the governor or the emperor or the chairman of a Fortune 500 multinational corporation who went by the name of Joseph the carpenter, a man of wood and nails. Who else did they find? They found the baby Jesus. They found the Lamb of God. They found the Rose of Sharon. They found the Ancient of Days. They found the Bright and Morning Star, the Altogether Lovely One. They found the Prince of Peace lying there in a manger, who was and is the greatest manifestation of the same God, who in times past had spoken forth in the rolling thunder and the flashes of lightning, and whose presence was identified with might and majesty and power, who was in the form of a baby. Now, one would expect the promised Son of God who formed the ends of the earth to come forth like the trumpet blast of Caesar's legions. But instead, he comes forth in the whimper of a child. Nathaniel, a native of Cana, whom 
Jesus called an Israelite in whom there was no guile. John in chapter 1, verse 45 through 49, and St. John chapter 21, verse 2. And he thought it was incomprehensible and blasphemous that Nazareth, rather than Jerusalem or one of those more prestigious towns, should be linked with the birth of the Messiah. When Philip told him that he had found the one whom Moses wrote and the prophets preached and that he was from Nazareth, Nathaniel replied in John chapter 1, verse 46, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Even in the later years, John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin and forerunner, was taken aback by our Lord. So he sent a messenger to Jesus asking, Are you the one who is to come? Or look we for another? Mm, the Old Testament recorded great manifestations of God's hand moving in fire and brightness and clouds and smoke and mountains that quaked in temples whose foundations shook and in the visions of the prophets. But the New Testament reminds us that the greatest manifestation of God was in a human life, having been appointed heir of all things through whom this world was created. Hallelujah. And it has been said, but without any scriptural proof. So flow with me here for just a minute. That when the angels heard about the Lord's mission of redemption to the earth, they asked them this question. Shall 10,000 of us weave our wings together to make a chariot for you to ride upon in your descent to that fallen people? But Jesus said, no. And then the angels exclaimed, Shall we bring together all the clouds of heaven and make a suitable throne for you to be seated on? And again, our Lord Jesus' answer was, and the angels asked, Shall we form an entourage of 10,000 legions to escort you to earth? And yet again, Christ said no. So in conclusion, but traveling through the corridors of time, he asked his heavenly Father God to prepare him a body so that he might step across 40 and two generations until he was born in human flesh. The amazed angelic host who had crowded on heaven's balconies, so to speak, to come and see our Lord descend became so excited and talked and shouted so loudly about the love of God for humanity that the, even the shepherds in Bethlehem's fields heard them shouting, glory to God in the highest. Hallelujah. This morning, I want to tell you that the God in the highest, his name is Jesus, born in a stable in Bethlehem grew up to be both God and man. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, he who opened the blinded eyes and cut loose stammering tongues, he who would heal the sick and raise the dead and calm those angry seas, the one who would come and die on the cross to pay the price for all of our sins and who rose again from the dead on the third day. People of God. Real Christmas joy is not in giving and getting material gifts. Real Christmas joy is in receiving God's unspeakable gift, the Lord Jesus Christ, and knowing that your sins have been forgiven and that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Real Christmas joy is knowing that Jesus is the bearer of the grandest blessing and gift that was ever bestowed upon mankind, which is eternal life. Don't leave this planet 
without Jesus. We thank you for joining us for service today. Before we leave, we would like to give you the opportunity to know Jesus. It's as simple as ABC. I accept God and I acknowledge the sins in my life. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and I commit my life to you. If you said that simple prayer, we believe that you've been born again. Welcome to the family. 